Hello and welcome to Is Mayonnaise a podcast? I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with the open window maniac himself, Josh Hemo. As always, this podcast is about watching SpongeBob and seeing what secret life lessons are tucked away in each episode. Thanks for joining us. If you're Thank if you're you. listening, if you're not listening, if we're in the background of something, maybe you should pay attention because we're about to get started. <laughs> Listen up. I, first of all, I want to give. A shout out to all of our listeners who've reached out to me and told me that they enjoy our episodes. I had a recent listener who's actually going to be on the podcast in the future. So this is some foreshadowing who told me that she really enjoyed our D. Bradley Baker um, shout out on his little factoid and how he voiced Appa and all these other people. But it was also part of the SpongeBob thing. I'm going to put a little more of those factoids just for her in this one. So See that community, guys, that how if you just reach out to us, think good things happen. Or maybe bad things, I don't know. But you'll never know until you reach out. It's true. Take it's the risk. True. Take the risk. Let's reach out to us. Biscuit. Shoot us a text. Right now our inbox is is full of spam. But there's a couple random little emails in there from, from very nice people. Anyways, let's get started. This week we are watching Season 1, Episode 7, that is Hall Monitor and Jellyfish Jam. Let's get into it. So, Act 1, Hall Monitor. So we start out with the French narrator, who takes us to Mrs. Puff's boating school. And Mrs. Puff announces it's time to pick out the hall monitor for today. And she's going down the list, and then she starts to freak out because she realizes it's Spongebob. And also, Spongebob knows it's Spongebob. She's just really does not want Spongebob to be hall monitor, and we don't really know why. And as she's doing this, Spongebob's slowly creeping forward, and he's just, like, scooting his desk until he's, like, right next to her and, like, squeaky-toying his way (laughs) towards her. And then finally she's like, Spongebob, you're the hall monitor for today. Spongebob's so excited, he literally rockets out of his chair, and he starts to make a whole speech to the class on how... He's so happy to be a hall monitor, and he's quoting other hall monitors of the past. Six-hour speech. A six-hour speech. It's a very long speech. And by the end of the speech, SpongeBob's like, okay, time to get the job started. And it turns out he wasted his entire day of being a hall monitor on his speech. So Mrs. Puff, you know, is like, sorry, SpongeBob. Time to take the uniform back. SpongeBob gets all sad and mopey and mrs puff feels bad so she's like you know what just take the uniform home but as like spongebob is walking off she's like what have i done she's a little bit afraid of the evil that she's possibly unleashed on the world and on the way home spongebob kind of fulfills that prophecy he takes things a little bit too far he starts directing traffic even though he has no business directing traffic then he spots an open window and he decides to teach people a lesson by breaking in and saying, I'm the open window maniac and teaching these poor fish a lesson. On the way there, he finds a puddle and this little puddle of ice cream It leads to Patrick. Patrick freaks out because he thinks his ice cream's talking to him, but then he realizes it's SpongeBob. And SpongeBob's like, you know what, Patrick, you broke the law. It's time to write you up. I don't know what law Patrick broke, but we'll find out. And so Patrick gets very, very upset And while he's upset and SpongeBob's writing him up, a newspaper boy comes by and he says, here's a newspaper. 
And it turns out there's a maniac on the loose. Hmm, I wonder who that could be. So SpongeBob's like, you know what, Patrick, give up your your life of crime and help me catch this maniac because I can't do it alone. And Patrick, being the criminal that he is, suggests that they go get ice cream. And then they realize, maybe we should go get ice cream again. And then finally, SpongeBob's like, you know, this isn't working. We're not going to catch the maniac this way. And they decide to split up. So he gives Patrick a walkie-talkie, and they decide to part ways. And so Patrick's there all alone in front of the ice cream shop, and the police decide to stop by and say, Hey, have you seen this maniac? And it turns out this maniac kind of looks a little bit like SpongeBob. And they show Patrick the, the poster, and he freaks out. And so the cops, taking advantage of Patrick and being him being a little bit dumb, just have a little bit of fun and like keep showing him the, the poster, scaring him every two seconds and finally they're like you know what just take that cone off your head we're gonna we're gonna leave this freaks patrick out he's not even like two minutes into this investigation and suddenly he's like you know what spongebob come help me because it's almost boom nighttime patrick decides to walk towards spongebob spongebob's walking towards patrick and then he patrick picks up the flyer not as scared this time but then he realizes the maniacs running in front of him and spongebob also realizes i'm where the maniacs at so all this confusion and hilarity goes out while Spongebob's freaking out because the maniac is trying to attack him and Patrick not realizing that Spongebob is the maniac. And then finally Spongebob hides in this mailbox and freaks out because the maniac's in the mailbox too, crushes the entire city, and then in all the rubble realizes that, oh, I'm the maniac. The police come out of nowhere to arrest him and Mrs. Puff also shows up and it's like, Spongebob, I shouldn't have done this. This is all my fault and accidentally takes responsibility for everything. And so we end the episode with Mrs. Puff teaching the class again, except this time through a video feed in jail. So womp, 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 womp. And let me tell you, Josh, this act was a lot for me. It is too real. This this hall monitor uh, act just really touches on some very topical topics which i think is crazy i don't know i have a lot of notes for this one this is a really packed episode mm -hmm. um i think this is one of the first times or not one of the first times but like it's funny when the narrator is narrating like we see mrs puff's boating school with her diligent students and they're all actually asleep except for spongebob i mean that's pretty accurate for any classroom i think literally maybe that's what diligent being a student and being diligent like it's they, they can't happen no, I think I think that diligence goes away once you hit adulthood, <laughs> or like even I would say late high school. Yeah, that's when I started seeing my friends sleeping in class knowingly and without fail. It's kind of funny just going to college and there's just like people nonchalant, just like fucking drooling on the tables mm -hmm. <laughs> in lecture halls. What drives me nuts though is like. So Josh and I went to the same university and it will be unnamed. Just kidding. It's the university of Arizona and their policy is that if you do not, well, for most classes, not all classes, some classes are more lenient than others that if you're not there, you don't get credit. I think that is bull. I think I should be able to come and go as I please because I'm the one paying the bill and I'm the one still getting screwed over. And I understand that maybe it is disrespectful. I do think it's disrespectful to the professor to not show up. But there are days where you shouldn't show up. Where I'm like, you know what? I'm sick. I should not be here. And you can't get that shit off really easily. It's not like 
not everyone has health insurance to go to the doctor and get a doctor's note or other things like that. Or maybe I just don't want to go. Again, I'm paying for this school. That's what always confused me at college is like, I'm the one paying for this, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel like there should be a little bit more leniency. I can, I can see like you're there for education. So disrupting it by sleeping in class or not showing up or like mm-hmm. not taking it seriously. That makes sense. But there's some classes that have like really, really like harsh policies. It's like, be come on, be considerate. And because a lot of people like in college do like work or have like outside stuff going on that mm-hmm. it's hard for them to keep up and wake up for an 8 a.m. class, you know? Exactly. I made the mistake. I really wanted to get hired at this one place. And so I structured my entire uh, school schedule around this, this, their shifts, which helped me land the job and keep the job, which is great. But it did put me in like in for eight, or seven a. I think it was like a seven thirty uh, a.m. class, and it was not fun. Oh, I did cool. not make it to that class, and I did not do well. Like I'm still an overachiever, so I did like, you know, a B. But like for other people who aren't overachievers, it's like you're. I was guaranteed if I did not just skate by, uh, like a a D in that class. <laughs> it's hard. And, the it only the only 8 a.m. class I ever took was freshman, the first semester freshman year, and I quickly realized I would never do that again. Yeah, because you think like, oh, I used to get up really early all the time. But yeah, you also had your your parents or other people who are also getting up the exact same time and, you know, like forcing you to get up at that time. Like, no, when you're left to your own devices, you, unless you're a morning person, you're not waking up at that time. Yeah. Never. And bless never, you ever, if you're ever. a morning person. Yeah, Never I don't know way. how you do it. Mm-mm. I I read online that supposedly if you just keep doing it, eventually you become a morning person, which I don't believe because there was there was a beautiful be- like there was a brief but beautiful week in my life where I would wake up at six a.m. without fail. It was amazing. It was horrifying. So insomnia comes knock knock knocking on your door, and you're like, yeah, "All right, great." It was horrifying next week. I was like, the next week, for some reason, I just went back to normal. I was like, okay, I was going to bed on time, and I was waking up early. Why the hell did it just stop now? So I don't know what it did, but, you know, that that one week in 2014, looking back at it, pretty nice. Shout out. Shout out to that one week. (laughs) That one week in 2014. So, yeah, it's, I was, it's, I do not blame the fish in that class for being asleep. Oh, I relate. It's fine. It, it's fine. Also, SpongeBob, I don't know where he gets leg rockets from, but sign me up for some of those. I would like to fly around and That's part of his powers. Again, yeah, I saw exactly. three cases of powers in this episode, and one I, was I'm... his rockets. He was able to like extend his legs during that mm-hmm. when he was um controlling traffic. Exactly. And when he freaks out at the end, he like smashes through buildings with like Hulk like strength. Exactly. He's impressed. He is, I'm telling you, unless someone in the comments or in an email can convince me that SpongeBob is not a god, he will con- he will be a god for forever and in my mind. We'll continue providing evidence that he is a god until proven wrong. Mm-hmm. But like we are now you. six or seven episodes in and we continue to have evidence. So good luck. Exactly. So build a case because it's not case. like 
And if you're listening from the future, I hope you got a good one because it's it's coming. Because I, I by then, by the time that you guys build up a case, I will have built up a stronger case. I would have, I will have gone to law school. You heard, <laughs> you hear it, you heard it here first. I've gotten up for those seven a.m. classes just so I could build a case. <laughs> that SpongeBob SquarePants is a is a god within his universe and possibly our own. Okay, so let's let's get a little bit uh deep. Oh, actually, no, before that, so one one thing I do want to note is that Spongebob in his speech as long as it is does give credit where credit is due which is a nice little sense of foreshadowing because of how like the the episode bookends but he says thank you to Mrs. Puff because without him like well I mean without Mrs. Puff he wouldn't be here and it's true it's like full circle in the in the episode which I thought was a nice touch but it's also like if you do get a notable achievement and for Spongebob this was kind of notable then Thank to thank the people that got you there. Yeah. I think it's important. You ever do that thing where you like practice award speeches? I feel like that's exactly what he did before getting no, the Hollander. Because my name is not Josh Hemo, and I don't get talented awards all the time. Where it's like I just hair flipped. For like those of you who aren't watching her, <laughs> yeah, secretly Josh, watching through our cams. Every time Josh records, he's actually wearing a big, beautiful wig, and he just does hair flips the entire time. It's true. When he thinks he's the... Hard fact. Hard fact. Um, not a lie at all. I think it's important that if you do achieve something of merit, thank the people who got you there. Yeah. I think it's important. Definitely. I mean, to be fair, Mrs. Puff, she's a solid teacher. I think we brought this up when we first saw her. Like, mm-hmm. through all the crap that she gets thrown with, like with SpongeBob. She is a good teacher. Even she like, she did make the mistake by giving him the uniform, and she even says like, "What are my consequences? Of, what are the consequences of what I've just done?" But she mm-hmm. did it to make him feel better. So she is trying to be a good teacher, a good person. I just mm-hmm. think that SpongeBob is chaotic. He might be a little bit unteachable in this particular sense. Yeah, or maybe again, like I've said before, maybe the this method of schooling isn't good for SpongeBob, even though he is very good at paying attention. Yeah. We'll see. Um, SpongeBob's dance traffic. I've I've noticed that in a lot of different TV shows and movies is that there's always the traffic cop and he's always dancing. Why, why is, is that, that a thing? Like, why, why is, is that, that a trope? <laughs> I, I I googled it to see if there was other stuff, but I just looked up uh, <laughs> dancing traffic cop and I just got like a top ten. <laughs> and I was like, I'm I'm not fully equipped emotionally to go down this rabbit hole of dancing cops. I wonder where that started. Just someone walking by one day when like traffic cop was just real bored and he's like jamming out. Well, like, I, this is solid. I'm wondering if it's a movie trope. Is it something that was happened in a movie a while back that I, for some reason, my brain is just not picking up, or is it something that happened in real life and then a movie's like, you know, it'd be funny if we copied that traffic cop that danced that one time. Because like I think I've seen it in like other police police movies where there's always like one traffic cop who's like <laughs> having a good time dancing yeah if you guys know let us know yeah please let me know because i would love to a better Ease film, my mind a better film major out there probably knows it's like probably some obscure 1960s film or something or dramaturg some dramaturg outside there yeah exactly oh some a fun fact so when spongebob's like hall monitor and he uses that hall monitor voice um this isn't this one's for you destiny if you're listening so tom kenny is the voice of spongebob which we all know and love but if you do not know, he's also 
the narrator for Powerpuff Girls. So the city of Townsville is the same voice I think he was using for Hall Monitor, which uh, was noted on the SpongeBob wiki. If you get some time, definitely go on the SpongeBob wiki for all these episodes. I'll pull out the fun facts in there, but they have some like very specific things like, oh, this is a goof from this episode. And here's a like a reference to here. And also, if you pay attention, Squidward Lamps moves, moves from this side to this side. Like it's very specific um, in how the animation is drawn, which it's pretty fun. But one little thing. And also another thing that I want to notice, because it is a trope that I was curious about. But Mrs. Puff gets arrested for the first time. This is the first time she gets arrested. And she's arrested again in the series, which is nice that it's a running gag. Just keeps going. And all because of SpongeBob, both times. Yeah, SpongeBob. And then there's also times where she references that she, like, there's another episode where she's like, oh, I'm not going to change my name again. So, like, I, Mrs. Puff, there's a conspiracy behind there. So she got, she got with some weird past. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because it's kind of silly that she would have one one little mistake and then suddenly have jail time for six months. She got priors. Or, or even some, like, she got, probation. Exact, she got lots of priors. I would not be... <laughs> I would not have someone drop as a student with Grand that many priors. <laughs> Murder, probably. <laughs> Who knows? Also, the newspaper boy guy, he has, like, that high-pitched voice. He's like, oh, extra extra read all about it and then he's like uh take it friends arm yourself with knowledge he's got like like, changes he's like four octaves deeper and like a (laughs) smoker's lung it reminds me like he has like both the spectrum of like both sorority girls because there's like sorority girls that have (laughs) a really high pitched they have a really high pitched voice and then there's like other sorority girls who have like that smoker's call (laughs) where it's like like hey guys <laughs> and you just think they had like a really long night out but then you realize that it's just how they talk. It's just them. Wow. Uh, I never yeah. never realized that. But thank you. You never realized that about sorority girls? No, no, I haven't. I think I realized it because of a close friend of mine uh or maybe it was a family member, someone I knew. I would always be like, what's wrong with your th- like throat? Like did you like party all night or like were you like yelling all the t- all the time? They're like, yeah, yeah, like I was out or whatever. And then, like, after a while, I was like, did you, like, party? And she's like, I think that's just my voice. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. 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 I, I did not mean to make you self-conscious about that. Uh, oh, another thing that SpongeBob says that's a one-off that I really like. He says, I can be helpful anywhere. He does it before he does something really stupid. But I do like that I that mentality that he has. Like, I can be helpful no matter where I am, even though my jurisdiction should end at at Mrs. Puff's boating school. Yeah. It is kind of like, it is a little bit of a throwback to last week when we were talking about Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, how SpongeBob's intentions are good, mm-hmm. but it, those intentions can make him the villain. And that, like, again, shows in this episode, like, he destroyed Bikini Bottom. Like, he <laughs> had a witch hunt out of him because he was, he was just trying to be, like, he was just trying to, like, be the law and mm-hmm. help out people. He thought he was helping out people. Mm-hmm. But and while well placed uh, intentions not always are good. So I'm gonna flip the switch here, Josh, because I think it's like a band aid. We just gotta rip it real quick. Time to get dark. I just I think this particular episode is so so many examples of the 
unfortunate condition of policing we have in America. It's going to get deep. I'm really sorry if you guys are trying to have a good time, but you know what? This is reality, and reality is also reflected in SpongeBob. Unfortunately, I don't wish it was this way, but this is actually pretty good. So, like, uh, the fact that SpongeBob is taking his authority and the authority he thinks he has and just pushing it out to everyone else. It reminds me a lot of those, like, militia people. Yeah. They're probably not listeners of this podcast, so I don't really mind. But it reminds me of militia people who are like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be here to call cops on people who I think are not doing um, the right thing. But obviously, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, he tries to arrest Patrick over an ice cream cone. Yeah, he's and like his even- best friend. He was willing, like, immediately drop everything, all that friendship. He's like, I'm, I'm going to write you up. I'm going to turn you in. And didn't, like, what, didn't does, what does that mean, writing him up? Like, we don't know, but like, let's assume that he did have some type of power to lock up Patrick. Like, that's some pretty, like, that's quick. That's quick mm-hmm. to turn to to turn people in. And also, if you pay attention, when SpongeBob leaves the ice cream shop, you know what he does with his ice cream throw him. He throws it out. He yeah. throws it. He be, he's such a freaking hypocrite. He throws his ice cream on the floor, and he was just trying to arrest Patrick for the same thing. And not to mention the fact that, like, again, what is he, what is he writing him up for? Well, I think that's, that's like going along with what you're saying. It's like the militia, like mm-hmm. agencies overstepping their boundaries. It's just like, it becomes this like holier than thou mindset where even if you do do something wrong, you don't recognize it. But if you see someone else doing that same exact thing, it's easy for you to call them out and be like, you know, you're doing something wrong. You're doing something bad. And I'm going to, you know, take justice into my own hands Mm -hmm. and like at the lowest level i i relate it to like when you see a cop speeding yes like here's a cop going like 90 miles an hour or when they turn on they flash their lights so they can get through a light and then immediately turn it off i mean i give them the benefit of the doubt some people won't but i think like okay well maybe this cop was gonna do something like maybe he like oh like hey come help us out and then it was like oh never mind we don't need you and granted, if I was a cop, I'd probably be running lights too if there was no one around. But again, it's like trying to hold yourself to that standard. And the same thing, like um, going along the militia thing, is when Patrick is now anointed, uh, like a deputy, I would say, like, and the other cops show up, he's like, hello, brothers. Like, he's suddenly like he part now has of the his law. authority. He has the power. Yeah. Or at least he thinks he does, yeah. you know? And I, I do believe that there are people in this in this country who think who think that. Well, I think it's really like there's a good symbolism there where he just puts on a cone on his head, right? And that's how he feels like he has a power. And I feel like there's a lot of people, you know, in the country who can don a uniform or pick up a gun mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, and all of a sudden they are the authority. They feel like they have the power to boss people around. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even going to get into, like, the whole uh, – because that's like, – I don't think that's exactly what this podcast should be about, but I think it's worth noting. It's good to acknowledge, especially like looking at what is going on in the country right now. I mean, me as a person, like it's something that you do worry about. It's something that you should consider that this is actual stuff that happens, you know? Yeah, exactly. This is stuff that you see in the news. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to like go dive into the whole gun debate and everything like that, but it comes, it comes back to like the good guy with a gun scenario, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, 
other people might disagree that it's, you know, it is helpful to have those people. I mean, arguments would be different, but again, I'm not going to jump into that. But like, even like the whole militia thing, it jumps into something that Josh and I are kind of familiar with, where when you live in Arizona, there's people who, there's literally people who sit at the border who call the cops on um, immigrants crossing the border. And they do consider themselves militia and helping people out. And some of them are better armed than some of the border patrol that are there. And it's, again, it's, it's people who maybe have the best intentions of just like SpongeBob did when you like, he's trying to help with traffic, but maybe are not going about it in the, in the correct way. Take it too far. Yeah. Yep. Because I mean, look at the end of this. Look, look at the end. Like SpongeBob wrecked the city trying to push what he thought was correct instead of him following the rules that are already in place. And sometimes the rules that are already in place are not the best, but still it's one of those things that like just check that authority and make sure that you actually have that authority. And if you do have that authority, exercise it carefully. And so on like a flip side of all this, Mm -hmm. um, you can look at SpongeBob taking authority because he saw that something needed to get done, like a traffic light flashing or someone Mm -hmm. leaving their window open or like all these circumstances, he saw that something needed to get done. He just approached it the wrong way. And like, I think that's something very good to keep in mind, especially in like this political climate. Um, Especially, you know, as a young person, like we may not have the authority to, you know, we might not have the power to do something, but you do or like, you know, pick up arms or like have a revolution or whatever. Like that is one way to go about it, but that's not always the best way, you know, mm-hmm. by force. But you do have the power to like educate or spread the word. So he could have, you know, exercised certain um, other actions to make those situations better and it's the same thing we can do like you may not think that you have the authority to do something but you know just by educating people about something that's happening like i know like when i was when the whole net neutrality thing that's still happening like was happening it was like just posting about it just so people know that this is thing that's going on to make people aware is something very simple instead of just going out and yelling about people like no you're wrong blah 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 like there's a way to go about a situation to bring about change or bring about some sort of um a better world if that's what you want um that isn't overstepping boundaries or causing commotion or and for me like the biggest thing is causing causing pain to someone else yeah you know in a cartoon it's a joke but in real life it's like you know not so just understanding that and even another thing that i think we can translate to is patrick's whole um the whole crime he commits, like say that was a crime in Bikini Bottom was throwing your ice cream cone on the floor or whatever. It's like littering. Yeah. But like he automatically breaks down and he, he thinks that he's a bad person. And just, just cause you commit a crime doesn't always make you a bad person. Sometimes we slip, sometimes we fall. And sometimes we got to learn from that mistake. Mm-hmm. And there are people in this world who are prone to make more mistakes than others. And yeah, like, I'm not going to defend every murderer or anything, but it, I think we can look at, or even like with drug crimes, like people who smoking weed, turns out a lot of places are starting to legalize weed. So just because you smoked a little weed back in the day, maybe you're not a bad person. Just saying. I, I, I thought it was just really interesting how this episode really like a hundred percent directly relatable situations. Yeah. Especially, again, like nowadays, like with everything that you see going on. Even when the police stop Patrick, like it's very clear that they are kind of aware that Patrick is not the brightest bulb. Yeah. 
and we're, they take advantage of that for him. their own yeah for their own <laughs> and giggles which is kind of messed up i'm not no i'm not trying to say like all police officers are bad that's like not it's not true but i think that's a good circumstance that there are like again people who abuse their power and so mm-hmm. just, you need to be aware of that it, people who have never experienced that should be aware of that and then people who have experienced that don't don't be afraid to vocalize it mm-hmm. Especially, especially if you're younger. If you're younger, like young adult, twenties, whatever, you may not think that your voice is like anyone's gonna listen to you. But it's not true. Like, I mean, you just you literally just got back from Florida last week when you were recording the podcast. And the Parkland survivors, like, mm-hmm. this is an example of like young people gain like coming together to make a unified voice. Like, if you see something unjust or you've experienced like some yeah some sort of injustice, like. It's okay. Speak out because there's probably a lot of other people out there who have experienced that same thing. And if you like put it out there, more people will help you. Like you just join in that chorus of like bringing awareness to the issue. I mean, that was the whole Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. And look mm-hmm. how exactly. like how much traction that's built. Yeah, it's 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 become very powerful in yeah. both ways. And like you were mentioning with the whole Parkland thing, what I thought was really interesting when I was there and. You know, it's it's rough being around, you know, people who have, you know, suffered through that much trauma. But at the very end, after the whole um, after the whole event that I helped um, with the live streaming for it was it was nice to see that the kids could still be kids. And I saw people hanging out and enjoying themselves and like, you know, uh, shooting the like everyone else and i think that it's great like i think that you can do both you can have a voice you can be still the person you want to be with you know being vocal and helping other people out you don't have to sacrifice you know the more lighthearted parts of your personality just because you're like i'm very political about certain certain things and other ideals and stuff like that but in the very end i'm still just you know me at the end of the day mm-hmm. the fact that this this act in this episode was so relatable even though this episode came out in 1999 so like yeah there were still policing problems then and like it's other big issues like that but the fact that it's still relevant today is a lot yeah it says a lot to the writing and also a lot to you know the united states in general which i think is really it's a good and bad thing i guess double-edged sword double-edged yeah anything else that's super deep josh that you (laughs) you saw um I guess, like, on a more positive note, when <laughs> Spongebob actually sees the poster of the maniac, he's like, oh, this guy is handsome for a maniac. It's like, yeah, good. Like, you are recognizing, like, that's some self-confidence there. That He's got some self-confidence. Yeah, that's nice. He's handsome. It's important to, like, compliment yourself. I had a friend the other day who was just, like, talking. He was just, like, giving advice. He's like, you, need, you should give yourself at least one compliment in the mirror. So that's a good little lesson. It's like keep up with your confidence. If you don't like, you don't think you're attractive. Like, find something small and just like start there and give yourself a compliment. All right, all right, Josh. I want I want you to give yourself a compliment, and I'll give myself a compliment right now, just to bring the the mood back up. <laughs> um, so much harder than you think it is. How about how about I give you a compliment, and then you can give me a compliment? Okay. I think Josh Emo is not. A mediocre. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think Josh Hemo is a wonderful lighting designer. Thank you. Um, Boom. Now say something nice about me. I think Omar Lopez is like not the biggest piece of in the world. 
honestly, that's what I aim for every day. So, <laughs> so have no, Omar how, Lopez is actually a pretty solid friend. Like, if you ever need oh. someone to talk to, like, you can reach out to him. Pretty solid. Yeah, you can reach out to me at is Manny's a podcast <laughs> Jesus <Christ>. at Gmail. <laughs> Um, I take it back. He's actually the biggest piece of in the world. I'm fine with that. So, yeah, just go ahead. Um, reach out to us and maybe give yourself a little bit of a, a positive affirmation. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll try doing that. Even if you um, are a maniac, even maniacs can be handsome. So even, even open window maniacs can be handsome. Josh is a perfect example of this. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Do you have any more lessons? I think that for me, that sums it up. No, I think, yeah, I think that's pretty good. I mean, like, the biggest thing or, like, a little thing is just, like, don't think, take things too seriously. You know, if you're given a responsibility, don't go overboard with it. Um, mm-hmm. I, so I think it's especially uh, potent when you're younger because you want to show off. You want to show that you're good or, like, um, that you're capable. So sometimes you can take that over the top and push people away or put bad taste in people's mouths, especially in a work situation. So just keep in mind to be humble and um, don't take things too seriously. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree from a work situation. There is, it's very interesting. And again, I go back to MasterChef Junior. It's very interesting Jeez. to see someone who doesn't usually have power suddenly have a bunch of power and to see how they lead. Mm-hmm. And for me, MasterChef Junior, it's really great when they do those group things. And then you're just like, oh, my God, this eight-year-old's trying to run a kitchen, but they're just screaming at everyone. And so, and the thing is, I see that with adults all the time is suddenly you give someone a little bit of, of power and they just, they kind of overreach. They think that they have a little bit more power than they do. They get a promotion and all of a sudden they're just the biggest in the world. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you're not that much better just because you get paid more yeah. or... Well, it's not even that. Like that. Maybe you do have more authority, but there's a way to learn how to exercise that correctly and be a good leader. Or like if you are in a situation that you're new or something and you are trying to show off or whatever, and like I was saying, like don't take things too seriously. Like mm-hmm. you can, there is a way to approach a situation to show that you're capable um, that doesn't fiddle over people, you know? Exactly. And also the other way around is like if someone else is the leader, sometimes let them take the lead. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't try to get authority from, don't try to put yourself in a position of authority when you aren't in a position of authority. Do not assume authority if you don't have it. Exactly. Um, and I think that's, it's good. Uh, it's a good rule to live by. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. Solid. So, uh, let's go to our bubble break. For this week's bubble break, uh, we're going to get a little bit more personal. Uh, we get a lot of feedback that's like it's really nice to hear your hear your voice like it just makes us feel closer like we're just talking to a buddy again um, so what we're going to do this week is kind of give you a little bit of, like little life updates about what's going on um, because believe it or not since this is our seventh podcast it's been doing this for seven weeks and a lot can yeah. happen in seven weeks so yes good to just like update our friends and family and you know new listeners about what our lives are at this current moment in this current exact moment, <laughs> um, right now I am sitting in his two twenty five in New York. <laughs> um, okay, not that specific for my little life update. I lucked out. I got to go down to, well, lucked out in a career sense, but did not luck out in the sense of 
the timeline of the world. I do not think it was good that I got to go to Parkland, Florida. Like I wish I had not gone to Parkland, Florida, because that means that we wouldn't have had those issues down there. But I was very happy to be able to lend a hand in MTV live streaming their recent little press conference that the Parkland survivors did. Pretty low-key event, but it was very fun to just be a part of you know, MTV for a little bit. That was kind of nice. So a big career step for me. That was really cool. Uh, yeah, and it happened really suddenly for you too. Like, Oh, yeah, it was like like less than a weekend. Yeah. I got an email, and then by the end of the weekend, I was in Florida, and I was bugging Josh. I need to figure out when to record this. And then I recorded the last episode at like, what, what was it, like four in the morning? In your hotel room? Yeah. In my hotel room, eating chicken nuggets. <laughs> Cold chicken <'Cause> nuggets. Like, <laughs> And if anyone saw me on Snapchat, I was trying to flex and pretending that I I ordered this crazy room <laughs> service, but it was really just spinach dip, spinach dip, which I found out has cheese in it. Yikes! And, <laughs> and uh, chicken tenders, and and Josh is loading that up too. He's he's still skyping from a remote location. I am. Yeah. Um. So life update. Uh. More freelance stuff on my end. Uh. I just. What was I doing? I've done how many states have I been to? This is my fourth state that I've been to in two months or something like that. So right nice. now I am currently in Nebraska at the Post Playhouse where I'm designing uh, four out of their five shows. We just opened Footloose last night. It looks beautiful. It is actually. I'm really proud of that. Um, it looks really good. Thank you. Thank you. You deserve, you deserve the praise. Yes. Thank you. Um, the next shows are doing Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, uh, You're in Town, which I'm kind of excited for, and 42nd Street. And then after that, I have a couple other gigs. And the biggest thing, I guess this is like biggest official announcement I've made, is that in September, September as of September 1st, I will be living in New York City. Yeah, damn right. He better damn be. Damn right. <laughs> Then, then I can just go to Josh's apartment. This will make things so much easier. This. We won't be trying to figure out what time zone I'm in, <laughs> <laughs> what the time difference is, and at what point in time I'm not in tech or rehearsal. Exactly. And then maybe we can, uh, hopefully we can find a quieter space to record. <laughs> Speak of the devil. <laughs> Almost just on leave cue. leave that in. <laughs> the car in the background. Yeah. Just so that you guys know, like that's a little bit of update what's going on. Man, most of our friends probably know, but you know, there are some friends that like I haven't, I had like worked at a summer stock with like four years ago that are listening. So it's good, I'm sure, for them to like know, you know, just get an idea what's going on. And even, even family if you, members. Even if you are listening and you think that we know that you're listening, you should let me know or let Josh know. Cause it's nice to get a text that says, like, hey, I listened to the newest episode or even like a text like, hey, I didn't I didn't listen to the latest one, but I am catching up right now. We don't mind you guys reaching like we're human beings. We understand that you don't listen to a podcast every week, every Wednesday, like on the dot. I'm I'm not that regular at all on every on anything. So, yeah, just a little shout out helps. Like I've got when we did the whole uh, sponge uh, kitchen sponge versus sea sponge thing. I had a friend who, uh, actually from the, from that summer stock, who uh, Snapchat me. He's just like, "You fool! 
They actually they reference him being a kitchen sponge in an episode. So oh, which I would <laughs> let's start that debate. <laughs> I I would not I'm not gonna start that debate again, but to you I still think you're wrong. But you can send me the episode, send it to me uh through our email, is mayonnaise a podcast at gmail.com. That's the thing, just like little little shouts like this, just like, yeah, good people are actually listening, so good. So I hope you enjoyed this bubble break. We'll try to come up with something more exciting for the next bubble break. But anyways, let's jump to act two. Act two, jellyfish jam. Uh, so we start out with the French narrator again, talking about we're in jellyfish fields. He's like, oh, SpongeBob should be here. Camera pans back and forth trying to find SpongeBob. And SpongeBob is camouflaged um, as some coral waiting for a jellyfish to come by. And when one does, he tosses on some glasses. Um, safety, safety first. first. Yeah. <laughs> um, and catch, catches it, milks it like a cow, even with his little farmer hat on. Um, puts some jams on his bread eats it and lets the jellyfish go as he's walking home that jellyfish follows him back keeps asking it to stop go home like don't come home with me and eventually he breaks it's like okay fine uh so he puts a little rope around it takes it back to his place shows him off to squidward and squidward's like why do you have a wild animal like what are you gonna do how could you possibly have fun with the jellyfish which then ensues into a 12-hour techno rave session in spongebob's house <laughs> so then it's finally time to go to bed um the jellyfish is very resistant he's like nah i want to keep i want to keep going i want to keep partying SpongeBob's like, no nah, it's time for bed so he ties him up um on his bedpost jellyfish breaks free opens the window to let all his little jellyfish friends in uh spongebob wakes up the next morning can't find him so he goes downstairs opens the door to his living room only to find hundreds of jellyfish now jamming out to a uh, stadium rave which is the name of the song shout out spongebob continues to try to get rid of them they don't want to go squidward who is now pissed off that it's been 18 hours of non-stop music tries to battle it out by picking up his clarinet and playing as loud as he can jellyfish hate that starts singing spongebob doesn't work so he plugs in somehow plugs in his clarinet into a huge speaker system in his house <laughs> and starts playing it really awfully and the jellyfish go crazy, go over to his house and shock the shit out of him. SpongeBob, pissed, tries to pull the uh, sound system, ends up shattering. The jellyfish freak out, so he runs upstairs with Gary up to his roof, trying to get away from them. They start swarming above him, and in his final moments, he's like, goodbye, Gary. I'm so sorry I should have listened to you. And Gary's eyes start um, clacking together, and that calms the jellyfish. So he... Picks up Gary, they go out to Jellyfish Field where Spongebob miraculously puts together this ensemble of music using all this different things like a chest with bubbles and dolphin noises and clams and chains and all kinds of stuff, which eventually just calms the jellyfish. They stay there and Spongebob's able to go home without having to worry about anything. And that was it. That's that jellyfish, the stadium rave and then jellyfish jam, jellyfish. the song at the end. There's, both of them are such bops yeah they slap man that is what the kids are saying the, i hear the bops that song slaps <laughs> that song <laughs> slaps um that song slaps i just remember hearing stadium rave all over the time all the place you hear it come on you're like all right party music oh yeah it's classic i looked it up on you can find it on spotify there's a spongebob album called the yellow album mm -hmm. and so if you look up stadium rave it's there and also with the jellyfish jam the la 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 La, 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 la. Oh, that one that one's in there too so 
there's also other classics in there that we'll get to later. But uh, yeah, it's it's good if you ever want to listen to it. Get lit. Get lit. Jam out to that song. <laughs> I remember this is one of like one of my favorites as a kid. Um, maybe not so much now, but um, I remember as a kid just like really liking the music and like the whole rave scene is just insane and just like flashing colors and he like morphs with the jellyfish. And the the music honestly is what sells this act because like as far as storyline, it's very basic. Yeah. He goes, picks up a jellyfish, comes back home, jellyfish does what it wants, and then he takes the jellyfish back. Yeah. It's like very very straightforward. But it's honestly that ra- that stadium rave song that goes is Um one small thing when he sees the sound system, I really liked it says if so typical sound system it'll say like you know from like zero hertz to like 20 kilohertz or whatever the heck and then like the amount of you know added gain and all this fancy tech but at the top it says disco rock pop obnoxious and classical nice so around one kilohertz is obnoxious obnoxious, which is also a fun fact where josh and our and i's voices sit so (laughs) it's good to know Obnoxious, around one you know, around one k is where podcast. obnoxious <laughs> to the frequency of our voices oh also fun facts this is the f- first episode in the series in season one to use cg effects so there is a there's a shot of squidward's easter island head and the pineapple spongebob's pineapple and it's like bouncing around first time ever they use cg effects for that um also it's the first time they use a digital ink and paint so a lot of shows now because they look different they're all done in computer but spongebob back in the day used to be done the old-fashioned drawing way i believe and so there's a very end shot where like spongebob's conducting all of the all the jellyfish and that's done digitally so little fun facts for you also it's the second uh the second real clip that we saw with the dolphins yeah. i don't know if you noticed that I did. yeah which Later references, like, the dolphin noise is, as you guys know as listeners, um, yeah. is the sensory noise. So is that just, like, cussing in the middle of this song? Like, yes, what, what maybe... point is a dolphin noise no longer cussing? Yeah. In that case, that's an explicit song. That's yeah, explicit. <laughs> you need a warning. It was cool because both episodes um, have the French narrator. And I think that's the first mm-hmm. time both, like, both acts have a back-to-back French narrator thing. Definitely. Um but what is weird that when Jell- when SpongeBob, I guess, as milking the right word, I don't even know yeah, what the word. Milking is the best way to say describe it. it. It's exactly what the motions were. But milks the jellyfish. He imitates that narrator voice as he's eating oh, yeah. that, as he's eating the jam and toast. It's too meta. It's like, hmm, is he the narrator? Is this future <gasps> SpongeBob? That also would point to SpongeBob being a god. Um, Maybe this is him just reminiscing on his. And his time on Earth. Yeah. And this is uh, the beginnings of EDM. That's what we see here. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That's another invention. <laughs> I still didn't remember what, what we, yeah, uh, the other invention that we did from the other one. I'll, I'll probably listen back and try to find it again. Again, I was in Florida at the time, so I was very, Out very sleep deprived. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I do want to say, just for my own personal vendetta, that I have a beef with dolphins. Do you? Dolphins are horrible animals. They are. Yeah. They're one of the few animals. Here's more fun facts for you. Not so fun. They're one of the few animals that kill for fun next to humans. 
and uh, they also they sexually assault other dolphins. So I'm not a huge fan of dolphins. No, but I guess they looked cute, quote unquote. They make cute. decent noises to join in with the chorus of jellyfish, so that's fine. Exactly. I guess they're okay at music yeah, producing. They're pretty solid. My question is, do you think jellyfish jelly is somehow some type of psychedelic? No, maybe. Because SpongeBob was tripping out with that jellyfish. I know. He was morphing, and they were like, it was like an acid trip a little bit. There's some crazy scenes, like uh, screenshots that I can see that I'm going to pull from there. Maybe make some memes out of them. We'll see. It's our also our first official jellyfish jelly reference. Yeah, where they like eat. Well, they've they've mentioned it before, but it's the first time you see someone eat it. Eat it, and even reference like flavor because they when they mm-hmm. squirt Squidward in the face with je- jelly, he's like, oh, strawberry. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. And Squidward again, being the voice of reason, he's like, that's a wild animal. Just my first little lesson that I saw was, don't take in wild animals. Yeah, you're not qualified Be for that, SpongeBob. If you do, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I know I have a hard time because I see all the cute little squirrels in the park near me, and I'm like, I should probably bring a squirrel home. <laughs> but no, squirrel. They're home. wild animals. I'm sure the intern would love that. No, oh, yeah, Timo. I think I don't know. I don't know if Timo's afraid of squirrels. We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to discuss how the glasses are. His safety feature, if these things sting, wouldn't you think like a full body suit or something would be more safe? Like how are the glasses, the safety? I mean, I guess I kind of see it like, you know, how a beekeeper wears sometimes they just wear the hat. Uh If you're like a hardcore beekeeper, you're like, I don't need the suit. I just wear the hat because like your vital organs are more like you're on your face. Like the, yeah, at least the ones that will get really messed up from a bee there. But like, I don't know, because Patrick wasn't wearing safety gear when they first went jellyfishing. But maybe Patrick's just irresponsible. Yeah, he's like he's the person who doesn't ri- wear a helmet when they ride the ride bike. A bike or a motorcycle. Who just wears like a bro tank on their motorcycle? You're like, dude, <laughs> there goes your you're skin. Like, if that if that goes <laughs> down, you're you're gonna feel it. You can see some raw muscle just like mm-hmm. falling out. Nasty. <laughs> I think it's also interesting to see the dynamic between Gary, a domesticated snail, and jellyfish. A wild animal. Like, they assaulted Gary. Like, I don't know what you consider jellyfish jelly. Either way, it's excrement. <laughs> they just, they just get all over they him. They do. Or something else. Either it's way, it was bad. It's not good. Not good. They did my man Gary wrong. They they did them they did them dirty. dirty done did them dirty I don't they done did them dirty also SpongeBob slept the entire night with the jellyfish partying I was downstairs like yeah how did he sleep through all that how did he sleep through all that music that was loud music his entire house was shaking exactly and Squidward did not sleep through that no. he's like eighteen hours he was and he's across the road or across the like way how is it that mm-hmm. he didn't how he slept through that I guess to be fair SpongeBob did party for t- twelve solid hours oh yeah so maybe, maybe he was just like, tired. He just passed out. Got that solid six hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> He's partying too hard. Um, another lesson: don't throw a party you can't handle. Yeah. Check out your friends. I have 
we all have that one friend who just parties way too hard. And you're like, okay, it's time to go to bed now. And they're like, come on, let's stay up for another hour. Let's do shots. I don't have a lot of those friends, but there are friends out there that are just like, well, come on, let's do another shot. And then suddenly you're six shots in, wearing your shoes on your hands. Puking all over the Dance- place. Dancing to Jellyfish Jam. <laughs> and, uh, and then throwing up all over the place. Yeah, it's fine. Passing out some rocks. Passing out some rocks. True story, I've done that. <laughs> I know someone who's passed out in the middle of Midtown before. Oh, God. Got sent home in an ambulance. Just uh, don't party too hard. Yeah, be careful. That's it's, actually it's, one of the things I say when I say bye to people. I'm like, bye, don't party too hard. I think it's easier like being in your 20s and being like, I can still do this. I can, it's fine. But you know, it does catch up to you. So you just mm-hmm. need to be careful. Um, and you just be aware of your situation. You know, If you're in a party that is too hard for you or is get, things are getting a little too crazy, it's okay to go. I don't think people are going to judge you the next day because you didn't stay in you know, go insane with them. Yeah, just know your limits. Yeah, know your limits. It's solid. Uh, no one, no one wants to be one. No one wants to take care of you when you're that messed up. Even if they said, "Oh yeah, I'm down to to babysit you." No, just don't, don't be do considerate. But and then on the flip side of that, like that's also a little lesson is like if you do want to go do a party or whatever, have a voice of reason. Like in this case, SpongeBob's voice of reason was Gary. Gary was his voice of reason here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Squidward tried, but that's not who listens to Squidward. He doesn't really respond. <laughs> well, no I I will give SpongeBob props. The only time the the time he did get upset was when they physically assaulted Squidward yeah. and broke his clarinet and then lit that <laughs> on fire. Sort of dancing around it. Yeah, that was jellyfish are hardcore yeah. when they party. Don't party with jellyfish. Um, but yeah, that was the only time that a that SpongeBob was like, you know what, this is the last straw. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, it's just like he had some respect for Squidward, but not enough to actually listen. heed his warning. Yeah, but do have a voice, like have someone responsible with you, just to make sure you're okay. Um, I mean, that's like a DD or just a friend who isn't as drinking as much as you, just to make sure that you're like not gonna get hurt or something. Also, identify what kind of uh, what kind of person you are. Because, like, I'm very much, when I am intoxicated, I am very aware of my surroundings, and I'm actually pretty easy to take care of, because a lot of people will be like, okay, Omar, it's time to go home. And I'm like, you are right. It's time to go home. But there are people who are like, okay, it's time to go home. And they're like, okay, just one second. And then you lose them. You lose them in a crowded bar, and you're like, oh, God, where did they go? They're gone. I'm done. It's, <laughs> it's a whole Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist situation, chasing them around New York. Falling in love with Cat Dennings. Wow. Sorry, I just watched Dream that movie life. on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> the jellyfish act very much like a hive mind that they're able to create like structures like they made a hand that picked up SpongeBob or they made like stairs, oh, stairs or like weird uh, like um conveyor belt systems and like they just function as a hive mind. So I'm wondering like how does that work? Like, what? What do you think? They're like bees, where they're like they communicate non-verbally. Possibly. They do like a little dance, and they're it's like and they can conform a structure. Bees. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they, but they did. They these jellyfish did communicate what? verbally. The jellyfish did communicate verbally in this episode. So, oh, that's true. They did they open the window verbally, yeah, but like, like, do you think they do like a little dance and then maybe that's how they know? Yeah. 
it's kind it's kind of like a like kind of like how a cat like supposedly cats only meow at humans yeah they, they don't meow at other cats language with other cats yeah whereas like dogs they bark at everything mm-hmm. so but like maybe it's kind of like a cat situation where they just know maybe there's what, some third what eye. The, what is the science? Again, if a marine biologist specializing in SpongeBob lore can uh, reach out to us <laughs> and let us know, it would make me sleep easier at night. <laughs> yeah, we won't. We won't have to scream ourselves to sleep anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what I was gonna say about um, the bees. So like, the bees, bees are crazy because there are bees that will, like, say a wasp attacks a bee because wasps are assholes. Mm-hmm. Bees are better for the environment, but a wasp will come over into a hive. There are bees that will, they know for a fact that if they vibrate fast enough, they'll burn, they'll basically overheat the wasp and kill it. Wow. They'll, they'll bake the wasp alive. Jesus. Like, like the degree of separation is like only one. Or like, you've seen ants and stuff that like will build rafts out of their bodies and shit like yeah. that. Like, I mean, it's just nature's like wild. Insect thing it's is crazy. just like hive mind communication mm-hmm. i mean even i think there is research and like proof that like trees are able to like in big forests and stuff like communicate with each other um however they do through nature's power but, through nature's yeah mysticism it's like maybe there is just a grand hive mind and humans aren't part of that we're not part of it because we're not cool we're enough. not cool enough <laughs> it's a, it's a club that we're not part of <laughs> It's fine. Uh, it's okay. Maybe one day, Josh. Maybe we'll be a part of the hive mind. The robots take over. And they put us all a part of one AI. It'll be fine. Maybe. But the thing is, would you want to be a part of a hive mind like that? I don't know. I haven't experienced like, it, so I couldn't tell you how great it is or if it's but not. But it's like, it's like being part of like, okay, so every now and then you do electrician work, right? Mm-hmm. So like, if you're all working together to do one thing, like put up a, like a line set, stuff like that, wouldn't, that's like a sort of a hive mind. Yeah, I guess so. It's just, I feel like what what freaks me out about hive minds is like you become part of, like you're just like another replaceable part where they're like, okay, well, you don't fit this piece of the conveyor belt, so I don't need you anymore. Or like in the case with ants, like you're the bottom of the raft that's drowning. <laughs> You know, I don't want to be that part of the hive mind. My human raft. I want to, I want to be on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't go. want to be at the bottom. I want to be at the top of the hive mind <laughs> being stepped on. I want to be the mast on the ship. I don't want to exactly. be below. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I want to be higher on the totem pole yeah. of the hive mind. No, like, it. I think it is really interesting how, like, SpongeBob, starting from the beginning, you didn't really know how the jellyfish, how smart they were. Yeah. But like they definitely show some intelligence. They understand one music. Mm-hmm. They understand uh, even with uh, Squidward, where he was like, um, he's, where he was talking about, he's like, he's like, I don't care if it uses the toilet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he's he sitting sees there on the it toilet. Uses the toilet, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, I did not need to see that. Mm-hmm. Which, again, like you, the it learned tricks. There's a very. Um, I'm just full of fun facts today. So do you know how he's like, okay, how much is this? And then like the jellyfish does like three buzzes or whatever. There's a horse that used to do that. Like it used to like count out. Just um, clomp. Like, yeah, it would like clop like three times. And it could do math. 
Really? That that was the crazy. So they turned it. It turns out it was like a carny trick. So it's actually really interesting because the horse. It turns out that horses mm-hmm. are very good at recognizing human emotion. Yeah, I've done. I've actually with the family like went to like actual horse therapy. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like where they like where you're, where like, you're just horse, interacting like, with a horse, like it's supposed to like help emotionally and stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, this particular horse, what it would do is it would notice, like obviously the human knows the answer to the the equation, mm. so it would notice when the human would like light up or like they would like have that sense of acknowledgement on their face, and it would stop clopping at that time. Mm. So if you're like, you know, two plus two equals four, and then the horse goes clop, 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 and at four, your face is like, oh my God, like this horse can solve math. (laughs) Then the horse is like, oh, time to get my sugar cube. (laughs) So another interesting thing, who says film film can't teach you that? Because I learned that on a film set. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. The more you know. The more you know, my film degree is worth it. We'll we'll show them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like it is. It it is really interesting how um how wildlife and SpongeBob like we see clams in the future mm-hmm. and other small little like it's just like I really understanding the world sea urchins of the place like of of this of SpongeBob. Like understanding part of that is understanding since we are seeing animals, like what is it that they consider? It's like Disney. It's like mm-hmm. Goofy is a dog, but Pluto is also a dog, but doesn't walk and talk and is a pet mm-hmm. to Mickey. So in this case, it's like, why is it all these sea animals are um, sentient, yet um, these like jellyfish or clams or you know the sea urchins aren't? Yeah, or even going back to last week's episode with Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, when you see Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy in the beginning, the fish look like regular fish. Yep. When they're like, okay, raging whirlpool, and they like the it's fish, like the creatures of the deep yeah. decide to um, do the raging whirlpool and get all that together, you see them as regular fish. And if we understand the episode correctly from last week, is that, you know, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy exist as real people with real superpowers. So maybe like these are just less evolved versions of future sea creatures. Mm, that makes sense. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we do see like SpongeBob in the past and in future episodes. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe some some People evolved at different rates in this situation, or fishes, I should say, or wildlife. Yeah, that would make sense, I guess. Yeah, it is. It is interesting how SpongeBob builds a how lore. the creators have decided exactly. It's for me. What's most interesting about any TV show, and all my favorite TV shows, is the world that they create. Hundred percent. It's the world, like especially cartoons. When the mm-hmm. cartoon is able to create a like very interesting and detailed world that like makes me more interested. Like I think Adventure Time is a very good like, oh yeah, um, example of that. Like I said, it's good to look at look at art in general and remember that there is a human mind behind it. Putting something so, together, yeah. Especially in film, we're always told like everything you put on screen is a choice, whether you try or not. With animation, it's even more prevalent because everything has to be made. Yeah. 
You have if to you don't draw that draw road, that yeah. road doesn't exist. If you don't draw a lamp, that doesn't exist. If you don't draw anything else, it doesn't exist. Same from the sign, sound design perspective. If- I think that's something you can take away, especially if you are in a creative field, like, like theater, like area film. Like you said, that you just have to pay attention to the details. But like these artists, like designers, actors, directors, all those people are making choices to contribute to something that is storytelling or something that is like a piece of art. So I think it's good to take appreciation for that. And if you are one of those people doing that, like pat yourself on the back. Cause it, it like, it isn't easy to, you know, build something out of nothing. Yeah. You're learning a lot. Good. You're learning a lot from this little, this little uh, half yeah. of the episode. Yeah. So I think it's good to segue into like the lessons we learned from this episode. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the narrator even says like, one of the things is like wild animals can throw wild parties and like, yeah, oh, yeah, he could be talking about like not taking in, be careful about taking in wild animals, which is something to discuss. But I also think it's like being careful with strangers. If you find yourself in a situation where you're with strangers and you're trying to make new friends and they're like, all right, let's go party. But you're partying too hard. Um, you need to be careful. Like you need, that's something that you need to stay. And we kind of touched on that, but it's like, mm-hmm just because the analogy here is like, it's just a wild animal, but like those wild animals can be people and you're like a strange per a stranger in your life. And I think one uh, small one towards the end, he's like, when you're right, sometimes it doesn't help to rub it in. Like SpongeBob and Gary were, they had seen better times. They were like, Oh great. Like they were technically not, not going to die, but like they were in for a world of hurt. So, and Gary could have been like, you know what? I told you so. Except he would have meowed it. But the thing is, he could have been like, I told you so. And he didn't rub it in. When people do make mistakes, they don't need someone to say like, oh, I told you so. I think it's important just to be there and be supportive instead of being like, you know, well, if you would have listened to me in the first place, you know, this would have happened. But, you know, that doesn't help to someone's growth. If they do make a mistake and that's how we all end up growing our learning is by, you know, through mistakes. So it's not, it's almost, I think it's, I think it's kind of shameful to, to shame someone for making a mistake because they're Mm -hmm. growing and learning as a person and you're telling them like, no, you shouldn't be doing that. I mean, yes, they shouldn't be making stupid mistakes, but if that's going to help them not do that in the future or become a better person, then let it happen. And And I definitely tell people very often, and I try to remind myself too, when I'm interacting with other people is sometimes it takes looking at a statement and trying to figure out what are you trying to achieve with that statement. Mm -hmm. So when you rub something in, is it more for you or is it more for the other person? 90% of the time, it's more for you. Yeah. If the other person does need to hear it, then maybe you can bring that out. Make yourself feel better. You just be aware of like your communication with people can affect someone negatively. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're trying to, and you're maybe if you're trying to help them teach them a lesson by saying like, I told you so, and it, sometimes that could be worse. That could that can actually be more detrimental than, you know, just not saying anything at all to them. Exactly. Um, one other little lesson I got is like the power of music in this circumstance. Like it had the power to piss off the jellyfish through Squidward. It was like it was able to like have the party. Like he bonded with the jellyfish. It also like calmed them. And it's just like that's very something. That's something that like I relate to. Is just you have like Spotify playlists and songs that you can go to like when you're stressed and you're like, all right, I need to decompress. And like, you have that music is a very good and 
I think, positive way to deal with situations and help you maintain emotional um, like any healthiness any auditory situation yeah. i know people like you know to go to bed they use white noise other people who go to bed they use podcasts and other people like again i'm more of a, a music person when it comes to like my household chores but when it comes to being on the subway i love listening to other podcasts and that's when i get like my podcast time in because for me i like being present when i'm listening to those but again it's like the power of like what your environment is projecting onto you. I'm, I'm glad you brought the power of music. I didn't even think about that the entire time. Yeah, and a small lesson yeah. again that we constantly learn from SpongeBob is be a good neighbor. Like, don't blast music for 12 hours straight. Yeah, you may have made a new friend and you're partying, but you know people gotta sleep. Especially like yeah. if you're living in a big city, chances are you're in an apartment. If you're blasting music in that apartment, that's more than just one neighbor. That's an entire apartment building that you were exactly. pissing off. I had that problem living in a New York apartment. <laughs> That's why I record in the closet. <laughs> um, did you catch any other lessons? Anything else? No. Okay. I honestly think that we caught everything. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, jump to the big lesson. All right. So the big lesson for this week, the one that really stuck out to me was using your position of authority responsibly um, in hall monitor it was very obvious that SpongeBob, but most notably, I guess the first catalyst is Mrs. Puff. She had a chance to put her foot down. She was like, I could, you know, let SpongeBob be sad. He had his chance to be a hall monitor and he didn't take it. He didn't use it properly. And it was Mrs. Puff kind of going, you know what? I'm going to skirt the rules around this one. And it really bites her in the ass. She's the one that pays the price for it. She's the one that in the end takes responsibility for it. Which, again, not really her fault, but still, she takes responsibility for that. And she could have put her foot down and just stopped the situation from getting worse. Same thing with SpongeBob when he was in the jellyfish fields. Same thing was flipped to him. He, the jellyfish was all sad and, you know, like trying to pester him and constantly be up on him. And he, was, he caved when he could have just been like, you know, sorry, you're a wild animal. I cannot deal with you. I am not equipped to deal with you. Same thing with Mrs. Buff. Like, sorry, you could not deal with this. I don't trust you to deal with this. Because I feel like there's a lot of times in our lives where we can look back at a situation where we knew what the right choice was, but we didn't really take those steps. So that's what I got, is using your position of authority responsibly, or responsibly and respecting the boundaries of the moment where you're like, mm, maybe I should go with my gut. Because in the end, it might come back to bite in the end. That's good. I think it kind of goes along with what I got. So what I have is um, maintaining um, self-awareness, um, just understanding like your actions and your boundaries and your words, like everything you do has some sort of consequence or has like it. Um, it's a good thing to maintain that self-awareness so you mm -hmm. know to build a better environment for yourself. Um, so like Mrs. Puff, being self-aware about the fact she's like, what are the consequences of what I've just done? Like if she would have just really thought about it, like you could have avoided that situation. Um, but also like SpongeBob being more self-aware in the first act of understanding like, you know, maybe I am being taking this way too far. I am being way too destructive in order to, you know, bring about change or whatever he's trying to do. For know? the greater good. Yeah. And he's just being self-aware to realize like, oh wait, I am being a jerk. You know, he was even a jerk to his best friend. He was ready to write him up. He didn't even care. You know, he's about to lock him yeah, up. Yeah, he's let that go to his head. 
Um, but it's just staying grounded. He wouldn't like, it would have been easier for him to avoid that situation altogether. And we see that in act two a little bit too, is like being self-aware with the boundaries. If he would have stayed, um, I mean, he did tell the jellyfish to stop a couple of times, like a couple of times, but it was just say, maintaining like, no, like saying no is okay. And maintaining that, no, you don't need to break for someone. If someone's peer pressuring you to do something, um, be aware of that and know what your boundaries are, know what your ethic or whatever guidelines are and maintain that because if you don't it's really easy to lose sight of who you are and get caught up into some a bad situation and that's exactly what happens to spongebob in both of these episodes he does get caught up into some situation that comes up to like bite him in the butt later on yeah stick to that moral compass yeah like a realer note it's hard i i have a hard time sometimes like maintaining that self-awareness you just get caught up in situations that like with work or with friends that it's easy to compromise on who you are um, morally or um, boundary wise just because you want to impress someone else or you need to get something done. But, you know, nine times out of 10, it isn't the right choice. And I've experienced that. I was like, all right, I'm going to party a little harder just because these other people are, or I'm going to go out and do this thing, or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, just act differently or lose that self-awareness and it doesn't feel good, you know? And it's kind of, and it's kind of looking at your, um, going back to like the authority thing, it's kind of looking back at your personal authority. Like it doesn't have to be like a specific clear cut, like I'm, um, a higher rank or I am in power, but it's like your own personal, like your own personal boundary is your authority, right? Cause you have, you decide whether something is good for you or good what your choice is going to do. Yeah, I think like what your choice can like affect other people. It's just like with authority, I think it's easy to get lost with the thought of authority of like rank. But I think in this case it's like authority of what power you have to exercise over a situation. Um again, I think that's I think we're saying the same thing with like the the mm-hmm. authority and like self-awareness is that you do have power over your own actions. And in the end, that's what really matters, and that's what can make a situation be is if you make those bad choices, um, and it could, you know, it could be potentially bad. And if you just need to be aware, is like, am I what am I doing right now is good? Am I what am I doing right now is gonna benefit me or hurt someone? You know, it's just you got to be very mindful of that, especially working with like people. You constantly mm-hmm. have to keep in mind of what you're doing and what you're saying because it's very easy to hurt someone's feelings and once that happens it's like you don't address it or it gets worse then that ruins a work relationship or it can ruin a job Mm -hmm. or if you're ever unsure of that choice of that power that you might have uh, with your self-awareness or with your you know with your boundaries and stuff like that having a trusted friend like Gary, like Gary and Squidward were just like, don't, don't do that. And that's, it's not that, smart. Yeah, that's the thing is like, if you have friends telling you something, there's a good chance that that's probably, or you, it's like friends or family or just a group of people like communicating to you that, you know, maybe this mm-hmm. is the choice you should be making, or, you know, maybe you should rethink this. And it's not that you should, that it's necessarily peer pressure. I mean, it's advice. And sometimes you need to listen to that advice. You know, there's yeah, a reason people recon- are trying to help you. Yeah, recognizing that advice where, like, maybe, again, and 
I have a harder time because sometimes I run into people who are older than me that I don't feel like I think they could use some advice and the other way around where there's young people younger than me who like I think might or the other way around where someone is telling me some advice and it's also looking at those people and see where they where are they coming from where is their authority are they going I'm like before I moved to New York there was tons of people who I reached out to who have lived in New York not all people have the same lifestyle that I was planning on having in New York but I looked at them for how expensive should my rent be? What kind of lifestyle are you living? What, how much money should I have when I move? Stuff like that. In that situation, they had more authority over me because they've been living here for longer. And it can be the other way around where you're, you can offer someone insight because you've been there already. And there are some times where people get, a again, it gets a little bit to their head and they go, okay, well, I've been like, I've lived an entire life. I find it with older people. They're like, oh, you're so young. You have no idea what you're talking about. And I think dismissing someone else that way is is wrong. But I think there is a little bit of nugget of truth where it's like, well, you know, when you get that old, you've just experienced more things. So sometimes it's good to listen to that. But also that person who is giving that advice needs to have a little bit of a more self-aware uh, about how they're approaching I, that situation with communication. Exactly. Because that's the thing. It's just like, and you have that a lot. Like, even being like a young professional, like people older in the industry will be like, oh, now you're doing this wrong, or I don't know why you're doing this, or, you know, you could be better. It's like, don't talk to, down to me. Like, you're a peer. Like, talk to me and give me constructive criticism, you know? I think there's a difference between being a mentor and being someone who's just telling you what to do. Yeah, giving unsolicited advice. Because a mentor advice. is listening. Yeah, exactly. Because a, a mentor like is can listen. A, a good mentor can listen and give you advice based on what you are telling them. Whereas the other way around where it's like, oh, no, well, I'm just going to. I know best. I'm going to tell this young person what I know because I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Use that authority responsibility. Be self-aware about it. And then when you make your decisions, hopefully they're responsible and good decisions. And if you don't have those, if you don't have like a strong feeling either way, maybe you can reach out to someone else who might have a little bit more awareness of the situation. And that's part, again, like that is part of like your own control or your own awareness is realizing that you may not have all the answers or you may not mm -hmm. be doing the right thing. And by reaching out, you are now asserting your own control or asserting your own awareness to be like, I'm going to get my own advice. I'm going to get someone to help me. Um, and we're using that awareness to understand the advice someone else yeah. is giving you. And I think that's really important. Again, recognizing, hey, this person's actually trying to help me. Or, hey, this person's trying to help me, but maybe their intentions are a little skewed. Yeah. This is like, just be mindful, you know? Or maybe they're trying to sabotage you. Maybe they're your it's enemy. Possible. You don't even know. Yeah. Be aware. Just be aware. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think that was a, it was solid. I like how our, our lessons intertwined yeah. this wow. this week. It was very, <laughs> very good. Not intentional at all. Just happened. It's true. Thank you again for listening to this week's episode. We appreciate it. We really do. We always appreciate it. Again, you can reach us on almost all the social media sites. Is mayonnaise a podcast dot com on Twitter is mayo a podcast. Facebook is mayonnaise a podcast. You can email us at ismanniesapodcast at gmail.com. 
Again, everywhere. Just Google us. You'll find us. I'm starting to put out some real fire memes, so share those with your friends. Spicy if memes. not, send me send me your own spicy memes. Yeah. I would love I love SpongeBob memes. I just like talking about SpongeBob. Or uh, as we said earlier, maybe you just want to talk about some ra- something random. Maybe we can put it in, or we won't put it in. We can just talk. All right, so that wraps it up for this week's episode. And remember, if you're ever in trouble, just put on that siren, and we'll be there. Wee-woo. 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 W